I confess to the fact that all the successful things and the good things that have come to us are mostly from the grace of God or the grace of the Master and that I wasn't able to do it. I mean, I can't Google search the entire world. <laughs> so, uh, if the good things come to me, it's due to the grace of God. So we have to be thankful for the, the new casa that was blessed, blessed with us, got the shrine of the Dalai Lama. So it's a meditated, it has good vibes. To get something with good vibes only comes from the grace of God. So it just can't be managed by the human mind. <laughs> So, that's why I'm confessing to the fact that I didn't do it. Uh, this podcast is due to the grace of God, uh, not to me. <laughs> so we, uh, we're going to proceed with uh, Confessions of St. Augustine in Book 12. Uh, what? With chocolate already served by the grace, good graces of God. Uh-huh. You don't take credit for anything, it seems like. Uh, well, we're on pa- actually on page 286, which is 17.24, which I don't know what that number C-Storm is, but it's something to do. Yeah. Me, I just turn it on. To me, just just reheat caliente otra. Sí, so yeah, yeah, okay. Lo puedes calentar. For lunchy, for lunchy, lunch, yeah. Lo puedes calentar. Entonces, yeah. 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 And the new landlady, she said that she, my girlfriend was both beautiful and strong. <laughs> Which was correct, so she showed insight. <laughs> A sort of Buddhist insight, of course. But uh, hmm. uh, Everybody's got the pros and cons. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any pros or cons yourself? Uh, I don't know. What was I thinking of my poem today? It's like the, I sought after the absolute, but was given the relative. <laughs> so why did God... Give me a Beautiful. Mm. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Nice kiss. Kiss dummy? You look muy hermosa. Nice. Well, I was given the relative. Uh, well, relativity? Well, so why does God lack devotion? See, God lacks devotion to me. So. You should be more devote. 
you should be more devoted to me. So, sort of like Tuca. I confess to complaining like Tuca did. Tuca, Tuca Ram. Uh -huh. I learned how to complain from Tukaram, <laughs> so I'm not going to stop complaining. Oh, now that I learned it from Tukaram, I confess to the fact that I read Tukaram, who was a uh, Hindu uh, sort of poet. But <laughs> uh, you've read everything, so girl, I conf should confess to the fact that you read too many books. It's interesting that uh, Walt Whitman, he started out reading The Arabian Nights. Remember, uh -huh. General Lafayette came to uh, Brooklyn uh, and they were opening the circulating library. He came and he gave little five-year-old Walt Whitman a big kiss. Uh -huh. And I just had a kiss. I confess to the fact that I had a kiss. From my girlfriend. So, if having a kiss makes you a writer, then. <laughs> so that's how you become a writer. You get a big kiss from General Lafayette, uh, the guy, same guy who helped make America, with, work with George Washington, huh? Yeah, I like me gusta tortilla. The new America is basically Spanish, so get used to it. What? Oh. So I confess to the fact that I Spanish is kind of weak, and I'm trying to improve it. I work on it a little bit, but you don't work hard enough. Oh, shut up. All right. Well, so this is how you become a great poet. You get a kiss from General Lafayette when you're five. He picks you up and kisses you. They open up a large circulating library, and you go and you get books. So if you want to be a writer, you first should at least read. Read something. God. Hemingway read a lot of books. So don't just say, I want to be a writer. Be a reader. Be a podcaster and read a book. <laughs> God, you want to be a writer. These kids these days, they want to be this and that. But they should be a reader. Most great people were started out as readers. Well, so he went to the library in Brooklyn, and he guessed... He goes and he reads the Arabian Nights, every volume and every one of them, all of them, Arabian Nights. And then, then he read uh, the novels and poetry, by the way, of Sir Walter Scott. So you have to read Ivanhoe and Rob Roy. Then read the poetry of Walter Scott. Who ever heard of that? Huh? And then you have to go barefoot and walk on the beach in Long Island. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah? Yeah. So, 
that's how you become a poet. Uh, I guess if you you read the the journals and the notes of great poets, like you would read the letters of, let's say, of Emily Dickinson, or you might uh, read the journals of Henry David Thoreau. Uh, so, if you want to be a writer or a poet or a musician, you read the letters of Mozart. He wrote a lot of them. And, uh, read. So if you don't read, then this. I was thinking of mo I would just move to Oxford, uh, England, that is, and read books. <laughs> Why would you be so stuffy? Well, I could always row in the... I could take up rowing in the river <laughs> and play tennis. <laughs> Why do you want to be so British? Well, I want to... Dress British and think Yiddish. Uh -huh. Why, you don't dress that well, so I don't see you as being British. Uh -huh. Well, I am English, so. But why do you speak Spanish then? Uh -huh. Oh. No, I said I have ten minutes before I started the reading. Uh -huh. I persuade you. I would. I will try to persuade myself to be still, and try to move ahead in this podcast. Seventeen twenty-four. For they say, through all this might be true. Though all this might be true, Moses was not thinking of those two things when, through the revelation of the Spirit, he said, "In the beginning, God made heaven and earth." With the name heaven, Moses did not mean the spiritual or intellectual or the intelligent creation that eternally contemplates the countenance of God, nor the name earth did he mean formless matter. Quote, what then did he mean? He meant what we have claimed, they reply. He meant what he expressed with those words. Quote, what is that? What is that? With the names heaven and earth, Moses sought, first of all, to signify the entire visible world in both general and concise terms, so that he could then separate and enumerate the days, presenting the creation stage by stage, since it pleased the Holy Ghost to announce it in this way. What he's saying is the Holy Ghost existed at the time of, Mo of Moses. So... The Holy Ghost is not something exclusively associated with Jesus Christ. That it pleased the Holy Spirit to announce it in this way. This is at the time of Moses. And those Moseses, and that, those Moses was addressing in the book of Genesis. Where, oh, yeah. Okay. Were such rough and unspiritual people that he deemed it best to reveal to them only God's visible works. So, since you, the listeners to this podcast, since the listeners of this podcast are rough and unspiritual people, I'm not going to reveal everything. So, those Moses was addressing in the book of Genesis.
were such rough and unspiritual people that he deemed it best to reveal to them only God's visible works. So I'm not going to reveal much more than it's allowed by the, by the Master. So, only God's visible works, which is this book. I'm only revealing the Confessions of St. Augustine and the visible part of my confessions, not the invisible. These gainsayers do agree, however, that it is not incongruous to consider that it is out of the, quote, earth that was invisible and unformed, unquote, and the, quote, darkness over the deep, unquote, as the subsequent verses show that all the visible things that we know were made and arranged during those days. <laughs> oh. that the Holy Ghost existed prior to Jesus and Holy Ghost existed at all times. The Holy Ghost exists now and the Holy Ghost existed with Moses. So, so watch out for the Holy Ghost. <laughs> to start diversifying from just playing tennis uh -huh. and to take up a few other things. Uh, I'll continue my Spanish lessons. Uh, I have to get a new book. I completed two books uh, on Spanish. Uh, actually, maybe three, and uh, I have to move on. Uh, well, I have to keep up the Spanish, and, and, and I can't just play tennis every day and be a tennis bum, I have, or a yogi bum, or a, or a yogi who just meditates and plays tennis. <laughs> what else can you do? Well, huh, I still do cleaning and, uh, mm, well, what else can you, well, you could play pipe organ and jazz piano, or uh, you gotta keep playing the piano. And, what good is reading? You're supposed to be a writer, by the way. Oh, well, then write something. Well, you can make an excuse and say you don't have a computer. One can make excuses. Well, Hemingway didn't have a computer, now did he? Oh, shut up. Well, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about that, huh? Yeah, pre uh, pre nineties, we didn't even have a phone. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Well, what are you diversifying into? Uh, I don't know. Well, you have a lot of interest. So, you still read books. Uh, you read and write, reading, writing, and arithmetic. But, uh. What else can you do? Well, uh, all right, so, the salada, carrot, verde, a verde, I like, I like a verde salada, verde straight, verde is fine, it's bueno, just this green salad, green, green ensalada is fine, 
uh, eating fiber. <laughs> yeah, I eat. I eat, play tennis, and meditate. Meditate, eat, play tennis, and do the dishes. Oh, don't you take out the trash. <laughs> this is... See, philosophically, I'm a practical person. You do their absolute, pure, sublime meditation with perfect stillness. Perfect. Uh, so you do meditation or you just do work. You don't do in-between states where you think about the meaning of life, where you use the mind. Uh, see, I'm, a, I'm somewhat anti-mental. You sound like you are. You sound anti-something. The darkness over the deep. That's what I mean, is the darkness is, is the mind. Uh, hmm. The rough and unspiritual people. Moses was addressing in the Bible of Genesis were such, were such rough and unspiritual people that he deemed it best to reveal to them only God's visible works. So, this is a visible book which I'm going to reveal in this podcast to rough and unspiritual people like the listeners of this podcast. <laughs> so, let's see. So, so that's why the content only is a visible printed book. So don't expect much more. And I'm in book 12 of Confessions, 1725. But what if another were to claim that this same formlessness and disorder of matter was initially introduced by the name of heaven and earth? Because it is out of this that our visible world was created and perfected with all those elements that are evident. And that this world is now customarily called heaven and earth. And what if yet another were to claim that heaven and earth are suitable words for the invisible and visible entities, and that within these two words is included the universal creation that God made in his wisdom, that is, in the beginning. Yet all things were not made from the actual substance of God, but out of nothing. Hmm. I don't know if all things were made out of the actual substance of God or out of nothing. Yet all things were not made from the actual substance of God, but out of nothing, because they are not made of that which God is. And within them all there is a mutable nature. Whether they abide as does the eternal house of God, or whether they change as do the body and soul and body of man. He engages in metaphysical speculation. What? A tapa? Uh, we always have a tapa problem. Maybe I should match up tapas to tubs. Uh, on the day when you're at work, I'll match tops to containers. That's instead of engaging in metaphysical speculation, useless stuff about whether physical matter is part of God or not. I don't know, eternal house of God, or whether they change as to the soul and body of man. Yeah, I don't know if 
if a container doesn't have the top, which part is heaven and which part is earth? Hence the shared matter of all things, visible and invisible, still unformed, through form, though formable, out of which heaven and earth were to be made. In other words, the creation formed out of both what is visible and invisible, invisible, and was announced with the names heaven and earth. It was announced with the same names that had been given to the earth that was visible and unformed. Oh, you can empty it. I guess you can empty them. Yeah. And the darkness over the deep. Lunchy juntos? Lunchy juntos? Juntos? Lunchy juntos? Oh. I should get lunchy to go. This time I'll maybe take maybe tortilla to go. Vamos tortilla. Lunch. What if what if I go from parky to parky? No to casa. No casa. I go from parky to professor. No casa. So I need a tortilla a repa to go. A repa a vamos. She gets it. So in this podcast, the darkness over this podcast is me, and Augustine is the heaven and I'm the earth. <laughs> because uh, he's in heaven and I'm still stuck on the earth, uh, reading this darkness over the deep. But with the difference that by the earth that is vis- invisible and unformed is understood. Physical matter before it has been given form and the darkness over the deep. Is spiritual matter before its unrestrained fluidity was restricted or was illuminated by wisdom? Hmm. See, I just read the stuff. I don't understand anything. 1726. There might be another who will choose to say that where we read, quote, In the beginning, God made heaven and earth. The names heaven and earth do not signify entities that are already formed and perfected. These names refer to the inchoate state of things that were of material that was still unformed but capable of being formed and fashioned because within them, in confusion and not yet distinct through their qualities and forms, were all the things that once they were arranged into an order were called heaven. Coffee? Yeah, put it in there. Coffee? Yeah, you can put the chocolate in the coffee. Yeah, there's no problemo with that. (laughs) That's sort of like mixing heaven and earth when you put chocolate in the coffee. <laughs> Confusion and not yet distinct through through these qualities of chocolate and coffee. Qualities and forms were all the things that once they were arranged into an order we called heaven and earth. The former being the spiritual creation, the latter the physical. Uh, yeah, we have these concepts that the that consciousness is the heaven, sort of physical matter. I've had this, we've had this idea since even birth. I mean, I, I consider like the steel, <laughs> the steel in a truck or a tractor. Like even as a kid, seemed like the physical world. And then the consciousness, sort of the consciousness that went into a Beethoven sonata is like spiritual energy. 
So even without any mysticism or spirituality, you get the feeling that uh, there's a physical world and a spiritual world. Uh, you can get the feeling that there's consciousness that's sort of uh, scattered throughout the physical and embedded in physicalness in the physical body. Well, you don't need, like, religious analysis or books or anything just to get the sense of that. That the soul leaves the body at death. Some entity of consciousness pervades the physical body and leaves it at death. Um, you still don't... I still don't think you need religion to, to get the sense of that. Hmm. Uh, even as a child, you might sense that. So, I think you can assume that there is a heaven and an earth. And I can feel the fact that I'm on earth right now. Seems like I'm stuck on earth. I keep trying to get out of my physical body by meditation. <laughs> You just spend your whole life trying to get out of your physical body by meditation. Is that the purpose of life? Yeah, it is in a way. It's not to accumulate capital, capital. And then it's not to try to distribute capital like Marx wanted either. That's not it. You don't distribute capital or make capital or redistribute capital, or do social engineering, neither is correct. So the social engineering of communism is no good, and, and pure capitalism is no good either. So, well, what are you doing then? You just play tennis and meditate? <laughs> what? You que me ibas a dar anoche, you. Pure anoche, anoche I said we should, uh, we need to comprar those crackers. No, eso no, eso no. You know Una, what? De estas, pero de otras. You compraste? Otra for me, for today? Tu compraste, you? Compraste. Compra. Tu me ibas a dar anoche. Would he eat comer noche? No, Us? No, 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 I'm not worried about what I eat tonight. I don't know what she's asking. Because my physical body needs. Uh, what is it? Tu anoche me ibas a dar algo para que yo comiera. Oh, we are going to give me. Some. You were going to give me. You were me going to give me something to eat last night. Yeah. It was a, It was one of the. I was going to give you a date. A date. Those pretty dates over there. You can't find them. These dates. You want one? The They're kind of hidden here. They got lost. See? Oh. There they are. Yeah, they've been hidden. No, quiero uno, quiero uno. No quiero uno nomás. Quiero uno, pero Pachá se va a cambiar.
She she doesn't eat after five o'clock in the evening. So I tried to give her a better gene date. <laughs> Not a better gene. What do they call those dates? Tried to give her a date, but it was past five o'clock. So she didn't eat. Uh, because eating at past 5 p.m. is not correct. Because that would be being physical and devoting yourself to the physical universe. <laughs> and so, in her way, she's spiritual after 5 p.m. What? Huh? Not Medellin, but what do you call those dates? <laughs> M-E-D-J-O-O-L dates thrown in California. Huh. All right. Huh. Mira. Huh. I guess we're still trying to figure out which is heaven and which is earth. And which is go. <laughs> uh, that's not what he's talking about. Well, okay. And let's read what he says. 1827. Having heard and examined all these notions, I will not contend in words, but that is to no profit except for the subverting of the hearers. Are you subverting the, the hear hearers? Uh -huh. Why is this reading subversive uh -huh. in a way? Uh -huh. Well, uh, a quotation of 2 Timothy 2.14. Of these things put them in mind, charging them before the Lord. Contend not in words, for it is to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Hmm. Of these things that you're putting in your mind in this podcast, charging them before the Lord, contend not in words, for it is to no profit. So this podcast is to no profit and will make no profit. And it's subverting the, subverting the hearers. So I, I confess to the fact that that's true. But the law is good for edification if a person uses it lawfully. Oh. Timothy 1.8 But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. Oh. 
Some rule of law is good if some people, if they follow the rule of law, some people subvert it. But the law is good for edification if a person uses it lawfully for its purpose, is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith. Timothy 1.5 Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith. Not something else. <laughs> and our Master knew on which uh, two commands he would have all the law and the prophets depend. Matthew 22.40 On these two commands dependeth the whole law and the prophets. As I ardently acknowledge these things before you in secret, my God, light of my eyes, how can I be erring, since the words Moses wrote can be understood in many ways that are true? How can I be erring? How could I err if I have this book? How can I be erring if my understanding of what Moses wrote differs from the understanding of another? All of us who read the book of Genesis are striving to fathom, fathom, and understand what its author wanted to say. Since we believe him to be speaking the truth, we do not dare imagine him to have said something that we either know or think to be false. So, I guess if we assume Genesis is correct, because it's written by Moses, then we have to assume it's true. So then we just figure out what he's saying. <laughs> While each of us strives to understand in the Holy Scriptures what the writer understood, what evil is there in a person understanding what you, the light of all minds that speak the truth, show that person to be true. Even if the author he is reading understood something different, since the author also understood a truth, though a different truth. <sighs> yeah, I guess we should confess to the fact that we can't understand it unless he or you light our minds. Uh -huh. 1928 For it is true, Lord, that you made heaven and earth, and it is true that the beginning is your wisdom in which you created all. It is also true that the visible world has its two great parts, as its two great parts, the heaven and the earth, which bring together all created and fashioned entities. It is true that everything mutable suggests to us a notion of formlessness in which it adopts a form and is changed or transformed. It is true that the mutable that abides by the immutable form does not change despite being mutable. It is true that formlessness, which is almost nothing... <laughs> there we go. This is almost nothing. <laughs> It is true that formlessness, which is almost nothing, is not prone to the successive changes of time. It is true that the substance of which a thing is made might, through our way of speaking, be called by the same name as this thing of which it was made. Hence, the formlessness of which heaven and earth was made might be called heaven and earth. It is true that all things being formed, there is nothing closer to having no form than the earth and the deep. It is true that you, of whom are all things, made not only all that was created and formed, but also all that is capable of being created and formed. Uh, okay. 
<laughs> so if he created basically everything, why doesn't he just create this podcast? Uh-huh. Matthew twenty two forty. Matthew Corinthians one eight six. Yet up to us there is but one God, the Father of whom are all things. <laughs> it is true that all that is formed out of what is formless was formless before it was formed. Uh, so it is true that this podcast is formed out of what is formless and was formless before it was formed. Huh. People whose inner eye is open will listen to this podcast and they will believe it. They believe me. It's those people whose inner eye is not open who doubt my reading, my podcast. 20.29, all these truths are not doubted by those whose inward eye you have granted to see such things, and who steadfastly believe your servant Moses to have spoken by the spirit of truth. So, there you have it. That's very authoritarian, because it comes from St. Augustine. So... I confess that my truths aren't necessarily true, but St. Augustine's are. <laughs> He's a, a top expert. <laughs> Actually, St. Augustine's uh, Latin language uh, it was Augustinian. The Latin that pervaded uh, Europe after Augustine was not exactly Roman. It was Augustinian. And uh, it was only at the Renaissance that they kind of revived the Roman pronunciation and the Ro Roman version on the, during the Renaissance and the revival of uh, ancient classics like Cicero or somebody that they came about and looked at Latin as uh, the original language, like in Virgil or somebody. <laughs> They, they were following Augustine, so we're following Augustine. It's Latin here, and don't doubt it. Don't doubt my podcast or Augustine. All these truths are not doubted by those whose inward eye you have granted to see such things. So this podcast is only for those whose inward eye you have granted to see such things. So if you're granted this access to this podcast, all these things are not doubted by those whose inward eye you have granted to see such things and who steadfastly believe. It's for those who steadfastly believe your servant Moses to have spoken by the Spirit of Truth. So you have to believe in Moses as well. Okay. I don't know how much I believe in Moses. I'm not on good personal terms with Moses. <laughs> Why doesn't he appear or something to me? Huh? Why doesn't he personalize himself? But out of all these truths, someone might choose one truth and say, In the beginning, God made heaven and earth. That is God, together with his word. That is co-eternal with himself, made the creation. That is he intelligent and perceivable. 
or if you will, spiritual and physical? Hmm. I guess he may have made both a spiritual and a physical, because he may have made sort of like a supercausal plane or a causal plane or an astral plane and a physical plane, or uh, the pinned world or the underworld or the uh, well, Brahman world or the yeah using Satmat cosmology. What Satmat cosmology? Well, if you were to look at uh, things like Kabir and his Anurag Sagar, <laughs> you could uh, get another ass look at what, how creation came about. Uh -huh. Why don't you just stick with Moses, though? Why are you going off in a tangent when you could be reading Moses uh, in the Bible? Well, I don't know, that's... That's, uh, okay. Well. So, he, God made heaven and earth. That is God together with his word. That is co-eternal with himself. Made the creation that is intelligent and perceivable. Or, if you will, spiritual and physical. Unquote. Another will say, quote, In the beginning, God made heaven and earth. That is God together with his word. That is co-eternal with himself. Made the entire mass of the physical world together with all the things it contains that are visible and known to us. Another will say, In the beginning God made heaven and earth, that is God, together with his word, that is co-eternal with himself, made the formless matter of spiritual and physical creation. Another will say, In the beginning God made heaven and earth, <laughs> that is God, together with his word, that is co-eternal with himself, made the formless matter of physical creation, within which heaven and earth are still in disorder. Hmm. They could be still in disorder. Is it in order or disorder? Or is it in order and we can't perceive the order? So it's still in disorder. And which now being ordered and formed, we today see as the entirety of this world. It could still be being formed, I suppose. Or was it made at the beginning? Huh? Was it all made at the point moment of the Big Bang, or was it being made in progress? Is it in an in progress? Well, it could be in progress, I guess. Well, yeah, probably is in progress if you have free will operating and stuff. <laughs> Do we have free will? Do you have free will? You have the right to listen or not listen to this podcast. Uh, because you have free will. <laughs> Another will say, In the beginning of God, God made heaven and earth, that is, at the very start of his creating and working, God made formless matter that contained heaven and earth in disorder, which, having been formed, are now clear and are visible to us with all that is within them. So we see something, I guess. <laughs> it's perceivable. Something is perceivable with the senses. Uh -huh. But you don't discount the nose and you all you think about is the eyes and the ears. Why do you discount the nose? Uh, well, that Tibetan guy was going to get me some incense, some good stuff. Some good Tibetan incense from Dharamsala. I'm looking forward to that. Uh -huh. Dawa, was that his name? Dawa. 
die well. Interesting, he said he was a monk for six years uh, in Dharamsala, where from age 16 to 24 or something, he was a monk. Well, and now he's just into sports with us. He plays volleyball, and he plays tennis, and he plays cricket. <laughs> he plays all subset sports, all of them. <laughs> well, I don't know that much about him, but uh, they always have good character. I'm impressed with the character of Tibetans, really. Are they the best in the world, you think, on average? Well, uh, might be, you never know. All that Buddhism makes you very ni kind and nice. You could become kind and uh, what's it make you? It's all that meditation. <laughs> well, if six years he was a monk, he must have meditated quite a bit. Uh, 2130, as for the interpretation of the words that follow, quote, in the beginning God made heaven and earth, unquote, someone might choose one of the truths I have mentioned and say, quote, the earth was invisible and unformed and darkness was over the deep, that is, the physical creation that God made was still a foremost matter of physical things without order, without light. Unquote. Another will say, quote, the earth was visible, invisible and unformed and darkness was over the deep. That is, the entirety that is called heaven and earth was still a formless and dark matter of which the physical heaven and the physical earth were to be made with all that is within them that our physical senses can perceive. Another will say the earth was invisible and unformed and the darkness was over the deep. That is, this entirety that is called heaven and earth was still formless and dark matter. Now here he's getting into dark matter. He's uh, talking about dark matter. What do you mean, dark matter? He's predicting dark matter. He was knew about dark matter. Dark matter from which was to be made about the intelligent heaven, which I have also called the heaven of heavens and the earth, that is to say, the entire physical world including under that name also the physical heaven and other words, that out of which all visible and invisible creation was to be made. Yet another will say, the earth was invisible and unformed, and the darkness was over the deep. But the scripture did not call that formlessness by the name heaven and earth. The formlessness to which the scripture referred when it said, the earth was invisible and unformed, and darkness was over the deep, already existed out of which the scripture had already said that God may, had made heaven and earth. That is to say, the spiritual and physical creation. Another will say, the earth was invisible and unformed, and darkness was over the deep. That is, there was already a certain formless matter out of which the scripture had already said that God had made heaven and earth, and that is to say, the entire physical mass of the world divided into two massive parts, an upper and a lower, containing within them all the creation that is familiar and known to us. Uh, 
it's really trying to figure this out, but he knew about dark matter. Hmm. I didn't know. That's an interesting find. I'll have to publish that in the New York Times. That he was knew about dark matter. <laughs> yeah, well, you have pride of uh, discovery, I think. Uh, pride of... Um, Pride of analysis or something. I confess to my uh, irrational claiming to have discovered something in Augustine.